Hey, I want to do something uh, to kick off this episode um, that I just think will be fun. So I'm going to share my screen with you real quick. Mm. And I have a question for you. You know, I've been, I've been kind of enamored. Is enamored the right word? I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out if that's right. I've been uh, intrigued by this whole mm-hmm. electric car mo- movement. Mm-hmm. There are current, but I also know that you're a truck guy or mm-hmm. like you'd like to be. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I guess you can be a truck guy without owning a truck, but it's kind mm-hmm. of a fraud, but whatever. So <laughs> that's really strong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I want to know uh, today, as of today, Nikola Corp came out with their truck, which is this um, um, new truck company that literally I might, might IPO even before there is a, a product in the market. It's, I don't know how that works, but who knows? So there's three trucks in the market, and I want to get your take on which one you would want based off of the look and um, maybe some like high-level stats, okay? Okay. We're, we're going to kick this episode off a little bit different. It's still tech-related because most of these things are pretty techy. Mm-hmm. Up on the screen, we have option number one. That mm-hmm. is the Tesla Cybertruck. Mm-hmm. It is the post-apocalyptic... Um, you know, armored, bulletproof. Asgardian spaceship. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you can, you know, take a sledgehammer to the, the window and it'll probably break and then you'll have to make excuses for why it did break. But supposedly it shouldn't. Hmm. Um, zero to 60 in like six seconds. So it's got wow. some get up and go. Um, solar panel roof to keep the electricity going. It's got like a full like armored back end. Um, yeah, and it looks like it should be armored, like actually armored. Well, like there's a, a metal sheet that covers the bed, like uh, um, through a, it's I don't know, like a track that comes down, and you can like get up on top of it and like jump on. I mean, it's it's well protected for all your precious cargo. <laughs> uh, range is about 250 miles with their battery. Um, rear wheel drive. That's about all I really need to share. So that's option number one. Okay. Okay. What's your gut response to the, the Cybertruck? I'm just curious. We haven't really talked about that. Weird. Yeah. I figured you would say that. That's okay. I, pre- I appreciate it. I feel somewhat the same way, but my designer soul wants to say it's cool. I don't know if it is actually cool. It's just different. It's um, something you drew when you were in like third grade. Hey, this yeah. is what I think the future cars might look like. Yeah. yeah. Or this is because I can't actually remember the proportions of an actual vehicle i'll draw this instead and put some wheels on it yep (laughs) okay good option number two uh rivian r1t the r1s i I prefer the suv just because i'm an suv guy but um the truck on the left there Mm -hmm. um it what's the stats i didn't look up the stats do we have stats do we have stats no we don't have stuff here hold on let me click oh there's got to be stats on there um one, this thing is like made to go forever. It's 400 miles plus, zero to 60 in three seconds. So twice as fast acceleration. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a like quad motor system, so it can literally churn each wheel independently. So you can do like a, a zero so turn. four-wheel drive? Yeah, no, no, but you can do a zero turn radius. Like you could sit in one spot and it would turn just like on a dime, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, because each wheel, kind of like you have like a one of those... Uh, riding mowers that, mm-hmm. that you know the wheels can turn this way and it just turns you you yep. can do that it's cool it spins just in in one spot uh it can go basically underwater um 
It's really powerful. But what's your gut? What's your gut say about that vehicle? It's at least better looking. Yeah, for sure. The headlights are a little weird, though, right? Yeah, they look like a like a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. Their eyes. I want to like them, but and this is my this has been my favorite so far because it's just I love what Rivian's doing. I think that they've they've they're trying to grow a cool company. Mm-hmm. Third option, the Nicola Badger. <laughs> it's such a well, terrible it's name. It's just a it's a better name. I mean, come on. Badgers are tough. 2.9 seconds, so 0.1 seconds faster than the Rivian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you know what? The, it's different, though, is this isn't electric. It's a hydrogen. Oh, okay. So it's I don't still, know anything about that. About hydrogen? Yeah, so hydrogen is like a fuel cell, so it only puts off um, water as its um, exhaust. Okay. So you would fill it up with hydrogen gas, basically. Interesting. Or maybe it's liquid hydrogen. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but they, they're, they're touting. I feel like this looks like you. You like this. I feel like you will like this. Better. It at least looks like a truck. Well, I mean, it, it looks like a Ford Ranger or a Toyota. Tacoma. Yeah. It, it looks like a, a cool looking truck. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, I mean... It's, I like it the best out of, the it's by far better than the Tesla. The Tesla is so weird. It's just, I mean, I don't even know if I would call that a truck. I mean, I look at it and it's like a, it's a really long flat sedan. I feel like you'd have to be like a rapper or something to be able to pull this off. Like just, you gotta have, you gotta or be Batman or, well, yeah. But they're, I mean, if Batman was real. I mean, look at those tires. That's totally Batman. That's true. All of them kind of have these weird hubcaps, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's least, it. That looks like something I've seen on the road. Well, right. I mean, they've modeled theirs off of a, of mm-hmm. a, of a 2019 model truck. Mm-hmm. I think that's one, one thing I'll, I will say is that at least the Cybertruck and the Rivian are trying to do something different. Like they're trying to push us into potentially what's next in vehicles rather than just saying, I'm going to make a, um, an eco-friendly truck that looks like every other truck. I find it hard to determine what's next in cars because before you know it, the next one's out and you're like, oh, that's a new body style. And then I go about my day. It's incremental for sure. Mm-hmm. But these, I think these are trying to say like, can, I push, can we push us over the edge? Mm-hmm. And over the edge is sometimes really bad. Like, you, you know... Oh, has, has that person... Got, oh, yeah. They've gone way over the edge. Yeah. And if they don't have a wingsuit on... <laughs> or a parachute. Yeah. Um, but in the... I think where, where the transition I was trying to make there is that sometimes you got you to gotta experiment. You got mm-hmm. to push yourself, give yourself some time to try new things. Maybe it's Absolutely. not a great, great transition, but... I like it. I, I'd use that. Over the last few episodes of the, the podcast, we've been talking about um, the framework. We've been talking about product teams. We've been talking about postures and disciplines and structures and uh, adaptive loops. Uh, the, the culture of what is included in innovation and technology, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think today, what I'm excited to talk about is um, how to potentially make space to learn and to grow and to push your team and allow them to be creative. Carving I mean, out yeah, time. Yeah, carving out time. 
away from the normal day-to-day to do something unique. And I think mm. that's, that's kind of where I'm going at that. I think these companies are trying to carve themselves away, do something unique, that then you'll, what you're going to find is it going to influence the entire market. So Tesla mm-hmm. has totally, you know, every car manufacturer now is trying to build an electric car to catch up with Tesla, right? Right, right. Um, but it's because they carved themselves away. They had to, they, they pushed innovation to the next level. And I think creating that time for that is, is super important. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned this before, but we, we do that through something called Lab Fridays. Um, so I thought we'd um, take a, an episode and maybe talk through what, what is Lab Friday? Where did it come mm-hmm. from? How to get started? And, um, and then what, have, what has it done for us? What is it, mm-hmm. um, what is it created for our team, for our company? Um, I get more like intrigued looks when I say, here's what Kermit does. This is, here's mm-hmm. what we serve. And then, oh, by the way, we do these fun things called Lab Fridays. And they're like, ooh, tell me more about that. Um, so I thought I'd tell people more about that. That's, I love it. A little trip down memory lane, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Dan, take us back. Where did we start with Lab Fridays? Where, where was the first Lab Friday idea incubated? So there we were in the office. Okay. No, I was going to try to oh, do wow. like in like story like, form. I yeah. know. I, no. Can we put a background track on that? Um, it was, I think, April of 15. I knew you would know the date. That's so awesome. Well, I look, looked it up before we started. Oh, okay. Wow. I just, you should have just, but it did confirm. So I was thinking that. So okay. I was confirmed. You never seem to impress me. Yeah. Anywho, um, I think we wanted to try something similar to what Google was doing at the time, which yeah. was kind of their 80 20 model. Explain um, that. What's what? How how are they mm-hmm. thinking about the eighty twenty model? Um, and it's really highly used now. Uh, it's not. I mean, it was pretty unique and uh, forward thinking at the time. But eighty twenty meaning your employees, your team working on their normal projects or products for eighty percent of a whatever the work week is. So you know, forty if it's forty, um, they're working four days um, out of five, and then the fifth day is one where they get to experiment with, you know, dot, dot, dot. It could be if you are in software or any bit of technology, it could be tech trends that you're seeing. So it could be a new language or framework. If you're in the hardware space, maybe you're testing out a something you can do with a Raspberry Pi or some level of, you know, interaction between um, the internet software and hardware. Yeah. Um, for Google specifically, that's where a lot of the things we use now came from. I think Gmail came from there. Yeah. Um, I think maybe even Calendar came from 8020. And it's, I think Maps originally came from yeah. as well. And so the goal is giving your team space to think and, uh, again, read. One, obviously you want people to learn and get better. But two, the hope is, is that if they have that time to carve out and free their mind a little bit, you might come new innovations might come up because I think what we found is if you, and I I probably say this way too much, but if someone were to point a finger at me and say, I want you to go innovate, I probably wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to. And I think that might right now. Just do it. uh, uh, (laughs) Be innovative. Right. Right, um, And it could be, you know, custom or unique to that person. Um, But my hunch is, is that if you ask anyone, any team, to uh, 
go innovate, it's just really difficult because, you know, the cliche of that, you know, the, the mother of all innovation is necessity. Right. And I think when you give people the freedom to kind of step away from their day to day and exercise part of their mind that they maybe not haven't um, recently, I think necessity comes up, new and fresh ways of thinking comes up. And so all that to say is that our first uh, attempt at this is what we would call Innovation Lab Week. Mm -hmm. And in April of 15, we carved out a full week, which was really difficult, by the way, because we had to stop all work for a week. Yeah, we had to tell all of our clients, okay, Mm -hmm. we're going to stop work for a week to try this new initiative, which at the time was more of a cultural play than anything. Uh-huh. Um, How big were we then? Like eight people? Oh, eight. Yeah. You're pretty small. Okay. Yeah. And I don't even remember how we did it. I think maybe we voted on an idea. I think everyone came uh-huh. with this we one. Did. I think we voted. Um, and we ended up voting on an idea called Plaster, mm-hmm. um, which, George, I'll let you explain uh, here in just a second. But again, carving off a week, wanting to free our uh, minds and give, you know, just explore new possibilities with the idea of creating essentially a, a new startup or product that's been validated by the end of the week. And so we started on Monday and then on Friday, we brought people in. We had, I think we grilled out some brats or hot dogs or yeah, we I were, don't know. We, we just filmed the whole thing. That yeah. was probably one of our first videos. Right, right. And, um, so that was innovation lab week. So that was our attempt to kind of do our 20%. Um, but anyways, yeah. So we did plaster, which, um, you probably remember better what plaster was. I mean, I could kind of tell you what it was. It's (laughs) kind of like a, it's almost like a QA content. It was basically putting content into something. Yeah. So So you can test it easily. The best way that I've, I think like if you have a password manager, right, that auto fills your passwords for you, think of this as like the, the test content manager. Um, right. So you would pre-fill, you would go and fill out a form. Like if we were testing a big product and it had, you know, a series of like a hundred form inputs. Well, every time you needed to go through and test that, it would just take forever to do it. And so we, we, you would fill it out once um, a browser in the browser, the JavaScript would catch what you were filling out. It would save that information and say, oh, cool. Do you want us to fill that out every time? And you could then say, cool, autofill, and it would do, do it over and over again. Right. <laughs> so I was going to say, do you want to pause? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Um, uh, so, so, we, so we took that, um, and we did. We built it in a week. And I think it was also inspired for us as well by Startup Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we have both been involved in some way. Startup Weekend was a client for a while, but mm-hmm. I had done at least a couple startup weekends where it was the idea of can you can you build out an idea within 54 hours, so a two to three day time frame. You know, starting on a Friday night, ending on like a Sunday, I think it was that you, uh-huh. pitched, you pitched your final product. Startup Weekend pivoted quite a bit t- towards most people weren't actually trying to build a product; they would just put together a pitch over the weekend. But early days, it was like, man let's stay up all night for three days in a row and see if we could build something. Right. And, um, you know, most of those ideas didn't really go anywhere, but we thought it did, it did inspire you and it forced mm-hmm. you to think within a different set of constraints that we never, we don't normally have to think within our clients. Um, there is l- relatively zero risk during that week, other than the fact that, of course, we're turning off client work. Um, it is pure 
exploration, creativity, and try to build something fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but we didn't stop there. We had to kind of figure out the best way for it to work. So we realized, okay, a week at a time is a little too much. So yep. what else could we do? So we kind of pivoted this model to where it wasn't every other Friday. I think we chose specific Fridays throughout the year. It was maybe maybe four. I want to say it was quarterly. I'm not for I sure. I don't even remember that. We had a, I guess there was an interim. That didn't last very long though. No, no. And then we finally went to um, where we, what we do now, which is called Lab Friday, which is every other Friday. Yeah. And we, this method works really well because it's built into our model of how we build products for our clients anyways, to where if we have a specific hour work week, which we do, we can fit all those hours into five days one week, four days the next week, and then hopefully, depending on how things fall, mm-hmm. we or our team can take off the that that next Friday to focus on, again, learning, educating themselves, new frameworks. Um, and it's really been great because we've had some some of the research and the testing and just kind of playing around that we've did have done led us to actually now building in a framework that that's what we build in. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our clients, we were working on um, a mobile app, and one of our developers said, "I'm going to try rebuilding it, most of it, in- anyways, um, in a language that I've been working on during Lab Friday." And over the the Christmas break, he ended up doing that. He rebuilt right, most right. of it in a new framework, and we still use that framework now. And so. Would we have found that framework? Sure. Sure. Probably. The, the industry but we're pretty early. Yeah. I would say we were pretty early moving oh, into at least well, in our region. It wasn't even open sourced at the time yet, or it wasn't right. MIT um, licensed open source. So, so, <laughs> there was still some risk of like, should mm-hmm. we be using on this in clients? Because will Facebook you know, take it and react? Right. And um, yeah, I think that, that is, that's key. We, we know we have to be measured in the risks that we take with clients on what we can and can't do on a client project to experiment and to learn and to grow instead of using something that's relatively tried and true that we're, we're familiar with and we're going to move forward. And that's great, except for technology is changing by the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, principles are pretty much the same. Um, even development principles are pretty much the same, but how can we experiment with some of these newer things that are coming out, whether, you know, for a while for us, it was TypeScript and then it was um, GraphQL or things like that. How do we start to explore things that could help us in our day-to-day work, but are a safe place to break things, to, mm-hmm. to try, to fail, and the failure isn't as risky as it would be with a client? Um, right. client project itself. Right. Now, once we prove it out in that Lab Friday space, we oftentimes turn around and almost immediately say, hey, client, want to learn this new thing? You want to you try this mm-hmm. new thing that we just figured out? Uh, could be huge and it could be uh, beneficial for you and you'll be a first mover. And that often, that often clicks in pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are probably, I think, in our third year of the current version of what Lab Fridays looks like. And we've gotten it down pretty good too a really good format and a really good just 
consistent schedule of what that looks like. Yeah. And so, um, what, if you were to walk into Crema and it was lab Friday, first off, good for you. You walked in yeah. on the best oh. Friday. Well, I mean, am I, you'd have to walk into everybody's houses cause we're remote, but yeah, right. That would be weird. <laughs> Um, but anyways, if you yeah. were to walk into Crema when yeah. we were there, um, you would see three main things as far as the format of Innovation Lab or Lab Friday. And the first one is the kickoff, and that's where we all go around and we talk about what we're going to do today, what we intend to learn. We ask if there's anyone available to help. Yep. So if someone is working on maybe even a new app, testing out a framework, and they need a software engineer or someone else that has a specialty and another skill that they need, they might say, hey, I really could use a designer mm -hmm. to help mock up the UI for what I'm working on. Does anybody have availability? And so yeah. there's almost like a, a call or a request for help, which is really cool to see because it gives those individuals who may be coming to Lab Friday with a little bit of an idea of what they want to do but are fairly open. It's like, oh, I can help there. Yeah. So it's nice to see that collaboration. So we go around and we do that. Some people will still have to work on client work. Um, that's just the nature of, of the beast, you know, yep. and we want to make sure we serve our clients well and serve them first. So sometimes we, uh, we have to wrap up some things. Yeah, it drips in. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then we used to, again, typically do lunch. Uh, we would bring lunch in for everyone and um, it's just a time again to pause from work, come have some, you know, we try to rotate different restaurants and cater in different things mm -hmm. so that, um, it's just an, it's kind of a, just celebratory yeah, to a certain extent, culture building. And, um, so that's a fun, sometimes we would do lunch and learns. We tried to pair those back a little bit to give people even more time to work. Yeah. Cause um, a lot of people wanted to keep jamming mm -hmm. over, the, even over lunch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then around four o'clock we start demos and that's where, um, we demo, if, if someone, whatever someone's worked on, we do a demo of, you know, if they read something or wrote a blog post, they might give us the gist of what they wrote. If they took a tutorial or went through a class, they might say, this is what I got through today. If they worked on something from an engineering standpoint, they might demo that. Mm -hmm. um, we also have our Venture Lab teams demo, but we'll get to that later. Yep. And, um, but it's just a time from four to five o'clock to where people can share with and demonstrate what, what they worked on. And there's a lot of goodness to that. Um, one of the main things is that it just allows people to kind of like, Hey, kind of show and tell yep. <laughs> this is what I worked on today. Yeah, and I, absolutely. I want everyone to know about it. Um, but it also furthers just that idea of learning. Um, it allows people to teach. It allows people to, and not necessarily always teaching, but if I'm able to share with you what I did, it might give me a new or fresh idea for the next Lab Friday when I continue to work on it yeah. or how I might implement it in a client project next week. Because again, I've had to talk about it out loud and just that process of, of communicating and sharing what's going on in my brain. So mm -hmm. I can get it out. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't help me just talking and processing out loud, it's like, oh, I just connected a dot on my own because I've been talking through it. Yeah. And what's, we, we you've kind of been talking through how it applies to technology teams um, or, or maybe developers specifically. But what's really cool is like every single craft, because we have kind of all each of the crafts of our product teams, right? Each craft will, they'll, they'll experiment with it in different ways. So I know the product managers will, they'll take lab Fridays and they'll create templates mm -hmm. for like kickoff sessions or templates for retrospectives, or they'll go try to, you know, unlock one of the new features of Jira, or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe they'll try out a totally new product management tool. 
and we've, this is why we've gone through so many product management tools. Um, I know we're looking at different ways to take notes, um, mm-hmm. different way to share information and documentation. Um, and that a lot of those experiments, a lot of that, um, exploration is, is freed up during that, that lab lab Friday. Um, and it's cool because in the, again, the designers, it's like we primarily have shifted to Figma away from sketch who I, yeah, anybody knows I was a huge sketch fanboy, but it was in, it was on lab Fridays that they started to explore like, Hey, designers, one designer's using Figma and they want to show it off. So they all sit together and they kind of jam on what they might be able to do with Figma. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Well, can we start using Figma for clients? Uh, yes. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, but like having that space to explore, um, is, has been really powerful. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes we see, people write blog posts on those days. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want to create content and, and by creating content, they're kind of having to learn more. They have to explore mm-hmm. a little bit more and then they kind of land that plane on a lab Friday and say, cool. And I wrote a blog post about it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's that it, and it, and just generally it's a really fun day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool to see the team get excited about it with client work, you know, there's times when they, someone will, will get pulled away, but even the team will go like, I know you're working on client work, but I do want to include you in some way, whether it's a user test or um, just picking their brain on something just to make them feel like they're part of the, the camaraderie of the day. Right. You mentioned something earlier, Dan, that I think is key though, that if a company is wanting to do this, you have to think holistically about the amount of time that your team's working, mm-hmm. right? If, if your team puts in a 40-hour week, we, we base our time basically off of a 42-hour week so we're not mm-hmm. working 50, 60, 100 hour weeks. It's 42 hours primarily. And there's ebbs and flows of that. But we require of the production teams that we be looking to bill 35 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So our clients know that our, our teams are dedicated based off a 35 hour a week. Okay, well, there's a seven hour deficit there. And so that's, that seven hour margin is where we can start to, well, we do normal crema, continuous learning or- um, right you know, workshops, other things outside of Lab Friday. Mm-hmm. But on that Friday, that seven hours, plus maybe borrow a few hours from the week before, but, you know, carving that out, it's not really that hard. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, there are seasons when it's hard because we're really busy. Mm-hmm. But I think we've been really surprised at just by making the decision and kind of setting the, us as leaders saying, this is something we believe we, we need to do and we're going to do. Um, it happens. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then once you create a discipline and a rhythm in it, they get used to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you plan your client interactions based off of, Hey guys, just FYI, this is a lab Friday week. That means that we're only going to be available Monday through Thursday. So Friday, um, we'll let you, or on next Monday, we'll let you know how it went. And sometimes right. clients are like, cool, tell us what you build, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you what are some build of it into your model? Yeah. And I guess maybe I'm kind of already pointing out some of the solutions there, but what are some other challenges to making a Lab Friday successful? Or what, what are other things that we come against, up against that maybe it, it uh, gets, mm-hmm. gets lost a little bit, its purpose? Uh, I think you mentioned two of them. It was just around client work and then structure. Um, yeah. If it's not structured, then you'll continually not do it. Simply yeah, yeah, because yeah. client work takes over. And again, if you're in the service-based company, clients should be primary. Yeah, But if R&D, education, continuous improvement are values, 
you can do both. You just have to build it in. And so that's where it takes intentionality and building it into your structure. Yeah. Um, for me, I think one of the other biggest challenges is the, the balance between wanting to know, are we being successful in it? Mm, and how do you measure it? Yeah. How do you measure? Are we being successful? Is success simply that we provide it and it allows people to learn and that's it? Right. Which is totally fine. Sure. Honestly. I mean, or is it that, and you also want to give some level of, you know, measurement to yourself. So like, okay, the time's being spent really well. Yeah. You know, this is really leading to something. So it could be, you know, and it, it's not like you have to have a specific metric, but you could say that we want at least one time a quarter for something we've learned in Lab Friday to be used in a client project, either a new mm -hmm, framework or, a new, mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's easy. That's an easy thing to do. Or um, we would love to have content around tech trends come out like one piece per month um, and yeah. that be worked on, not only experimented with in Lab Friday, but also written on and then, you know, pushed out you know, from a marketing standpoint. Totally. So there's a lot of things you can do to say success for us with an innovation lab type um, structure within your company. There's so many different ways to measure it. And again, it doesn't have to be hard and fast. Um, it, it shouldn't be hours spent. Mm -hmm. um, as we all know that that's not a measurement of success. It's just a measurement of time, um, yeah. literally. Um, but if you want to measure outcomes, I mean, you can be as loose or you can be as tight as you want to. We prefer somewhere probably in the middle Yeah. of, you know, are we necessarily measuring each thing that comes out? No, but we have a good idea as to as what, as people continue to demo what they're demoing. Yeah. Where's that going? Know, yeah. Where is that going? What's happening now? I would say we probably have a couple steps to get to the level of measurement we want to. Yeah. Um, but what we've worked on is really setting the foundation of a consistent discipline, consistent rhythm, something that's permanent, so to speak, in our yep. culture. Yep. And if you can get that first, then metrics and measurement can come after. Absolutely. Uh, I, th I think one of the biggest measuring, I don't know how to measure it, but one of the biggest outcomes is the culture it fosters. Mm -hmm. um, it puts people in a mindset that is don't, don't sit, what's, what am I trying to say? Not don't sit still, but like, don't, um, don't get too comfortable. Mm -hmm. don't, don't assume that we've arrived. Mm -hmm. um, there's always something to learn, always something to experiment with, always something to try, mm -hmm. uh, which is what's so fun about this industry. Right. Um, and sometimes we're constrained as to whether or not we get to do that with our clients. But in this, the, in this special space, go for it. Right. Right. Um, and I think that attitude has gone a long way. Um, I, I want more companies to actually institute something like a Lab Friday, something like right. an 80-20 model. Now, to be clear, Google has abandoned that 80-20. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I mean, I guess it's worked for them. They have a completely dedicated arm of their or section of their company that's 100% right. innovation work, like super secret, who knows what they're doing kind of work. I still think that, yeah, that's fine for the company at, as a whole, but there's something to be said for how it, um, it feeds or scratches that creative itch for um, the individual as well. And I'm sure they have other ways that they do that. Um, but that, this is how we've applied it now, and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And, and it's blossomed into other pieces of it, which we'll talk about maybe in our next episode. But um, this has been one of the most important like, 
institutions we put in place inside of Crema that has really gotten the team excited culturally, mm-hmm. um, professionally, um, and they, they brag about it quite a bit. And I think we get to show off quite a bit because of it. Right. Yep. So, yep. Agreed. If you can put, la- put a lab Friday and put a innovation time into mm-hmm. your schedule. Um, and let us know how it goes. Give us a comment. Uh, drop us an email. Hello at Crema or podcast. What is it? Podcast? Option five? I think it's option five at crema.us. I think any one of those. We'll get it. We'll get it. Google it. Yeah. We'll find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we're going to keep this one uh, a little bit shorter because I think we, we just wanted to get out there and say, hey, these are some practical ways that we're attempting to be adaptive in, inside of our organization that we're trying to innovate inside of ourselves, even as we help our clients innovate. And Lab Fridays is probably one of the core pieces that help us to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much more we could talk about and even some, some examples of that. If you go to crema.us slash venture lab, that kind of touches on it. We'll touch more on what venture lab is specifically, um, but um, learn more about what we're doing there. Or if you Google um, innovation or venture lab um fast company there's that we published an article in fastco that it's all about us doing this time and how important it's been to our organization so um you can check out more there this has been fun love it love innovation lab yeah cyber truck not not my pick i'm with you on that dan i want to like it but i give me the badger you look like a badger i mean the you look like a badger truck guy that's okay Great clarification for all those listening out there. Um, As always, thank you guys for listening (laughs) to another episode of Option 5. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and uh, give us a review. Um, Option 5, you know what? We should should be a little... I'm going to start doing this. We used to do this, and I don't think we have the teams putting their recordings in at the end. Um, I've noticed on the last few, I think we got through most of the staff. Um, I don't think that we say that option five is by crema.us or crema. We're a digital product agency. The whole, re- let's be honest guys, the whole reason we're doing this podcast is so that you know that crema is cool and that you should hire us to do your digital transformation and build your products, right? We'd, we'd love to work with you. Yeah. So if you're I mean, trying, like people. if you're trying to innovate inside yourself, if you want to build more innovative teams inside your company, if you want to design and prototype your ideas and turn them into real solutions Mm -hmm. that's what we do we'd love we'd love to talk to you give us a call have a conversation i'll give you my phone number not really no you probably won't do that no no you don't you don't really do the sales either so that's good uh no but let us know if we can help in any way um as always thank you for listening and be sure to share this with your nephews your second cousin-in-laws is that a thing second cousin once removed twice removed yeah And your neighbor two houses down, not the next door neighbor, not the one right next to you, two houses down, because you probably don't know that neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's the one that you go, I know the people right next to me, but I don't know two houses down. Or you might know the name of one person that lives there, but not yeah. the other. And you're like, oh, mm, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. So here's your challenge. Go tell the significant other or somebody else in that household that you don't know their name. Say, hey, you, I name, I can't remember husband or wife of person I do remember. Do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you want to build an innovative team inside your organization? Option five. Listen to these guys. (laughs) Until next time, Dan. See you, George. 
My name is Neil Dierkes, and I'm a senior developer at Crema. As a developer, I am an integral part of a project that turns requirements, strategies, and designs into those ones and zeros of a working application. On a daily basis and sprint by sprint, I work with project managers, strategists, designers, and testers to turn good ideas into a great solution that meets the needs of our clients. I enjoy working at Crema because as a developer, our core values give us the space to explore, educate, and innovate. We are a company of people and Crema values that. With Crema's results-based culture, we have the freedom and trust to work how we need to in order to implement and achieve the results our clients expect. Option 5 is a podcast by Crema, a digital product agency that creates web and mobile apps for disruptive companies and industry leaders. We believe that design, technology, and culture can help create a world where individuals and companies thrive. Learn more at crema.us. Thank you.